welcome to smart cherry's thoughts this is sai from india thank you very much for accepting my invitation and accepting to be on my show Well, thank you so much for this opportunity. If I understand correctly, is it midnight where you're at? I'm I'm from India. Yes, is yeah, it it's, midnight? Yeah, it's it's midnight. There? Yeah, it's 10 p.m. I here. thought so. Well, thank you for staying up. <laughs> it's an honor for me to present you and your work to my audience. Well, I'm so excited. I don't know. I'm just I'm so excited to get started and thank you so much just for this opportunity. So uh I can see that you are doing a lot of work so I thought to tell about your work to my audience so can you please introduce yourself Absolutely. So my name is Stevie Frank and I am a technology integration specialist for my community here in Zionsville Community Schools, which I am located in the United States in Indiana. And so that is where I am actually currently living from. Now, I love to do everything edtech. So anytime that I could add an edtech tool into my classroom of every day, that's what i was going to try to do and so what i've really enjoyed is leaning into different parts of technology um my biggest projects that i'm excited about have been student podcasting and also just trying to find out how i can better assess my students using really great technology and using the best types because i feel like there's so much out there um i really like to just hone in on what i think are the best ones so technology integration specialist what it means and what the role and responsibility oh that's such a great question so i that is my really long title and the title that i really like to be called is just a technology coach or a digital learning coach and so what i do is i travel around my district and i meet with teachers one on one in coaching sessions so a lot of times that will look like teachers reaching out to me and saying hey i've got this unit about the moon phases and i wanted to assess my students or i wanted them to learn with using technology what are some ideas that we can come up with and so i meet with that teacher one on one or with their grade level team or subject team and then we just kind of come up with some really great ideas um to have that assessment taken and so that is one part of my role another part of that role also looks like me going into different um schools and providing professional development so a lot of times if there's a district initiative or if there's a new piece of technology my role then is to go into those schools and give that professional development to teachers Now the third role and this is the final part of my job is kind of keeping up on the latest and greatest of technology. So this is where that technology innovation really comes in. So right now all of the buzz in education is around AI and artificial intelligence and so part of my job is also to lean into those practices so that I understand them so that I can provide again that professional development with teachers. and then the cycle goes on from there that's great uh, it's a wonderful work uh, before asking uh, the next question can you uh, be little backwards so that you can fit in the screen i want to present you 
Uh, mm. I, yeah, this is, this is perfect. Yeah. So my next question is, uh, uh, what is your background? What is your educational background? Uh, what 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 you have studied? Great question. So my educational background is I have been in education in the classroom for 13 years. This is my first year outside of the classroom when I stepped into a role of coach. So all in all, I've had about 14 years of education. Now, within that, I have also gone back to get my master's in education in language education reading license. So Reading and language arts are at the core of my love and my heart, and so I really enjoy that. Um, and again, it just really kind of goes along, too, with technology as well. So I felt like I couldn't do any of those things well without integrating technology into that realm that I was at. So how many students got uh, affected or uh, how many students got uh, benefit from your teachings? That is such a great question. So I just recently was counting them up because it was Teacher Appreciation Week and I was filling out one of those templates. And so I think it was close to about 400 students that I believe that I have had the honor of teaching to. So what subjects in technology you most uh, uh, focus in? So I have taught, I haven't specifically taught technology to students necessarily. I've really just taught them reading, writing, science, math, social studies, all of those subjects, and then integrated technology into those. Now, this past school year, I had a little innovative group, and we called them Zeke Squad members. Zeke kind of stands for the word geek. And then we, the school district that I work for is Zionsville. So we combined the two names together and then we called it Zeke squad members. And then from them, that is when I really leaned into them with um, different technology. So I taught them Microsoft Flip, Adobe Express. We also talked about Canvas because that was our learning management system. Um, And so we really leaned into different practices of technology in that way. So how you are able to be great in different subjects and integrate with uh, technology? So I have to, I'm such a sponge and I want to learn as much as I possibly can from others. And so I watch your podcast as well as one of my forms of ways to say, okay, what is the latest? What's the greatest and what is out there in order for me to become my better self? And so a lot of my learning is honestly is getting on my phone, getting on Twitter and just kind of scrolling through and seeing what amazing educators are doing. So I have found myself in a amazing professional learning network on Twitter with the education and ed tech world. And I tell you what, I every time I'm scrolling, I'm seeing amazing things happen around me every day. And I'm just so lucky that I, I get an opportunity to like see this great work, try it out myself. And then that's why I like to share about it, too. So I can also give back to the community that gives back to me so much. So how is this uh, uh, educate, uh, you as educator experience? Can you get elaborate more on that? Like what kind of? You interacting with students and uh, trying to tell what you have learned, how this uh, experience. So I love to interact with different students around the classroom. So again, my really 
my basic interaction, I would say, would be that little Zeke squad group of students that I do have. I also go into different teachers' classrooms and I co-teach with them. So sometimes if a teacher wants to see a different tool, let's say the most recent tool that I did was Book Creator, for example, and a teacher was like, hey, I want you to teach Book Creator to my students. I will co-teach with that teacher and also teach the teacher along the way at the same time um, to kind of give information for that tool. So what you learn in order to teach uh, teachers? Yeah. What, so what, what, do technologies, I, what technologies you learn uh, to teach teachers? So the different pieces of technologies that I learn, again, it's things that I learned from Twitter. So for example, like I said, I had seen somebody use um, book creator and i which is a great app it's a great ed tech tool app which um, allows students to interactively write down books and like add little pictures and images and gifs and stickers and so what i do is then i will go in and i will teach with the teacher too i get my information also from microsoft learn so microsoft learn puts on these amazing courses that are asynchronous so you can do them on your own to really kind of learn how to get those done. Um, and amazing, again, YouTube videos, too, that are just really great and interactive so that I can learn my way around a tool. So what is your observation on technology? How technology services or products are helping human beings to uh, learn things or solve problems? Wow, that is such a big question. Um, I would say the best... And especially like I, my mind right now is just really into AI. Um, so artificial intelligence and looking at natural language processors like ChatGPT, for example, that's coming out and really leaning into those practices and thinking about how those products can help our students be more creative and kind of raise the ceiling for them in order for them to really become the best learners that they can be. So what I really enjoyed about being a part of learning about artificial intelligence is seeing just not how, because I'm hearing a lot from educators of like, well, is taking the creativity out of the classroom or taking creativity out of the students' hands and I look into it as just saying, well, that is a way that they can use it to help enhance their creativity. So really, it's kind of reframing minds and rethinking, OK, what does technology look like and what does that look like in the classroom? Because we have to prepare our learners for today for what the world looks like for when they graduate. So they're not going to you know, have a job where there's absolutely no technology that's not realistic. And so part of our job as educators is to really get the world, get them ready for the world that they're going to be interacting in. So as a technology integrated spe integrator specialist, uh, how uh, uh, GPT or AI tools in the internet are helping humans to understand the subjects? And uh, what is the difference between human educating humans and AI educating humans? Such a great question. So the big part about this is just ensuring that teachers know what AI is and what ChatGPT is. And it was funny because I immediately wanted <laughs> I wanted to, to type that question into ChatGPT and see what it comes out with, because that is really what's going to kind of help 
help our minds and wanting us to think about it. It's kind of like the old, the adage of where, oh, well, if you had a question, you had to go look in a book or, you know, if you just had a random question, like if you were driving and you were like, huh, I wonder how that oil well is working out in the middle of the field before you would just be you would just have that question and you would never have that answer. But now, because we have smartphones, we have the power of a search engine. I can look on my phone and Google a YouTube video and say, how does how does an oil well work and what does the pump look like and how does it get the oil from the ground? And I'm able to get an answer. And so because of that, that's just made us all smarter as human beings. And that was technology teaching me about now that new knowledge that I have. So then it's the question of, well, if that's my baseline now, where can I go and how can I use artificial intelligence or technology to make me smarter if that's the direction that I want to go? It's good that uh, students having you as an educator who is like a sponge who always absorbs Uh, knowledge and information uh, and their latest technologies. So uh, what you observe, uh, what you absorb and uh, what kind of information that you want to uh, tell to your students? Really, the information I want to tell the students is don't stop learning. So the moment that I stop learning and I think, oh, well, I must know everything, then that's I I don't know. I need to give up. I need to look in a different direction because clearly I'm not doing what I need to do. So really, I just want my students to want to seek information. And it comes down to just finding that what drives them, what is their love, what is their passion, and then using that to catapult them into a career or into a book that they want to read. And so I just I really think that at the core of every student that they have something that intrinsically motivates them. And it's just kind of as a teacher, I think our jobs are to kind of dig and to say, okay, what is that? What is what makes you go? What makes you motivated? And where do you want to go from there? So uh, understanding students and understanding human beings uh, and uh, it, it, it is a very big subject. Uh, it, it includes communication skills. It includes emotions. It, in, it includes intelligence. It includes a lot of things. And uh, coming to technology, it's completely logical. So you are integrating that emotional side of the human beings with the logical side of uh, the subject. So how you are being the integrator and how you are able to do that successfully. You have to be great in both. I agree. I agree. And I think what I've really enjoyed is seeing how technology and different platforms haven't forgotten that social and emotional connection that teachers need with their students. So, for example, I'm thinking about like Microsoft Reflect, for example. And so Microsoft Reflect allows a literal technology space for students to be able to go on and reflect on their feelings and then maybe go through a meditative practice for them that's individualized based on how they're feeling for that time. There's also a great platform out there called Along um, that is completely free and it was created so that stu- so that teachers could have research-based questions that they would ask their students and then their students would respond to in a writing prompt. So then with these questions, that teacher and that student relationship really grew a little bit closer together, which I thought was really, really cool. And so that was the thing that I hope um, that technology really keeps lifting up into the world of, you know, emotional needs, because 
kids aren't going to want to learn in a classroom where they don't feel connected with their teacher. And so if we want students to listen to us, we have to listen to them and we have to get to know them a little bit better, a lot of it so, better. So how much technology you know? Um, that is such a broad question. Well, I know really, I know a lot of technology in the realm of education. Um, and so I always try to make sure that I'm knowing as much as I possibly can. I feel like I know 1%, even though I think I know a lot more, um, just because it's so vast. Um, I'm really great also with like educational tools and just kind of knowing a little bit about several. Um, so my job is really just to make sure that I'm knowing about different products out there, but I'm not going to know all of them. And so that I think makes me have a little bit more I don't know, a little bit more leverage just because then I'm able to turn to Twitter and bring that question out to my PLN and say, hey, does anybody know a great tool to use with writing with students? Or does anybody know of a great tool to make sure that we read for media liter literacy or read for a bias? And then I'm relying on a network of educators that are globally and around the United States to come back with me with answers. So just like I would tell my students, I don't know everything, um, but I can work on trying to get that answer. So, uh, uh, like you said, uh, you you know a little bit of technology, and you are trying to tell that uh, technology uh, to the uh, uh, to the students, or uh, using that technology uh, for education purpose. So, so all the subjects that you have learned, you use technology for that. Yes. I think that's the goal, and that is what I think is the optimal goal of technology is that it comes up. It's not just like, oh, here is here's technology, and then here's reading, and then here's writing. I think it's here's technology through reading. Here's technology through writing. It doesn't have to be this separate entity. You know, it should be embedded into the classroom practice and into either delivering education because – I feel like technology, and especially with AI, is really going to enhance that individualized learning experience. So students are able to learn on their individual paths because AI has been able to go through and say, okay, you missed these problems, now here's where you, what you need to learn. And that from a form of an, in the perspective of an educator is priceless because I can't, cre you know, I can create one lesson for students and then maybe a couple of individualized, you know, groups. But in order to have, a, you know, a curriculum for every single student that's based on their needs and every single subject area, teachers just don't have that time. And so I'm really excited to see where technology is going to kind of help with that burden. So how much time uh, this AI is saving you? It is actually saving me a lot of time. and. I would say it's hard to put a number on it, um, but what I think it is doing is it's allowing me to come up with more ideas or different ideas than I would ever have thought. And that to me is amazing. So a lot of times if I have a question, I'll ask the chat bot. And if it's not giving me what I want, then I'm like, that's fine. Or I can learn to interact with it a little bit more so I'm able to get more of the response that I'm looking for. So there's just different times where if I'm struggling with 
writer's block or I'm struggling with the creativity process and I'm like, I just need something down. I'll turn to AI just to kind of help me out with that. So how students are getting benefit with this uh, kind of a education process? With AI? With technology. So they're going through a process of really how I like to introduce technology is I like to say, okay, here's the tool. Let's learn the tool and let's learn it in low stakes. So a lot of times that looks like me just saying, okay, here is Microsoft Flip, for example, and then let's learn how to use the video tool. Let's learn how to use the text features. Let's learn how to use the tool first before I embed it in the curriculum. So a lot of times we'll, I will come in to teach that lesson about, okay, just here's how, where to click. Here's where to go. Here's how to add those interactive parts. And then the next time that I meet and I co-teach with their teacher, it's about using Flip in like, let's say, a language arts assignment when students are talking about a summary about a book. Why you wanted to be an integrator? So that's a great question. Um, I It's always just become natural to me to want to integrate technology. And so the district that I work at is a one-to-one -one device, meaning that every student has their own computer, and then that's how they learn. Now, I always was amazed at how students became more engaged. They were excited whenever they got their computers out. And if I showed them a new piece of technology, it was like, oh, it's like this shiny new thing. And it just made them motivated to want to do the project. And so for me, if I was just talking about, okay, well, what's best practice as me as a teacher, it was always integrating technology. Now, a position opened up in my district and then I had applied for it and interviewed for it, and it was a, it's a long process. And so I was just so grateful that they were able to see what I was doing in the classroom to see then how I could impact the district. So you are a user for a lot of technology products and services. So you are uh, uh, understanding the experience of users also about the technology that you are using. So how much does Microsoft or other technology companies that uh, uh, the products or the services that you are using for, how much it is easier and friendly and uh, faster to understand uh, uh, for education purpose? Oh, gosh, that's a great question. It First of all, I feel like whenever there's something new or I feel like a lot of times with Microsoft, they're just updates, right? So they're like, okay, well, we've had the thing now. How do I use it and how do I make it better? And so a lot of part of my job that I do is that professional learning where I'm watching videos, I'm, you know, scrolling on Twitter, on YouTube, and I'm going through those Microsoft Learn courses, and I'm learning the tool. I'm hopping on calls, too. I think a lot of ed tech companies, some ed tech companies have really great support. So they have a person that meets with people like me, and I say, hey, I'm going to have a professional development on um the one that I just had one with was Book Creator. And I said, hey, I'm going to have a call. I'm going to do a professional development on Book Creator or on Seesaw. And I really need some support. Can you meet with me? And so they'll meet with me virtually and then teach me the product. Now, my job is to make this basic. How can I make this easy for teachers? How can I make this easy for students? And so really, that's been my push of just making sure that I have enough information 
to then be able to present it to teachers. Now, through my Zeke Squad members, what I would that is, it's a group of like third grade and fourth grade. I also do it at the middle school. And I pick about two kids from each class. So two um, two from each classroom. So like a boy and a girl, I try to get at least one boy and one girl from each class. And then those students, then I teach them pieces of tech. Now, a big reason why I do that is so that if their teacher is utilizing that piece of technology, they're the experts in the classroom. So then if the teacher is like, okay, wait, how do I do this? Or because it's overwhelming sometimes to roll out something new, especially technology into a bunch of eight-year-olds. So if they can have some little helpers that go around and help them too, then that's also another way that I've been trying to get that knowledge base of technology into classrooms. So uh, you taught different subjects uh, before, right? So uh, the technology that we have today or uh, the edu- edu- educational technology tools that you are using, uh, uh, do you really think that uh, those tools are 100% uh, 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 helping uh, these subjects to send to, to the minds of the students? I do. Now... Not, I guess I, let me backtrack, not 100% of them, no. And I think that's a lot about part of my job is to also investigate them and make sure they're good. Um, So a lot of times if I'm new to a piece of technology, I will get on a call with somebody that works from there. I will also kind of go through people from my professional learning network and say, okay, how did this work for them? You know, do they like it? Do they not like it? What are pros? What are cons? And as a district perspective, we have to look at cost. And so if that particular ed tech tool is just too expensive, we can't, you know, we can't afford it. So then I also have to look at, okay, well, if I like this tool, what does our district have to offer? That would be less money, if you will. And so those are some other things that I think about too. So the requirement makes you to investigate about the tool or you first find the tool and introduce to uh, to people? Both. <laughs> it's a conjoined effort. Anytime something comes up, you know, even sometimes like academic services will reach out to us and say, hey, Here's a tool that we heard about. Can you all, as integrators, look it up, see it? Is it good? Is it not? Is it cost efficient? What does it look like? Um, and then some of our jobs is also to pilot it. So a lot of times I'll ask for like one class or one teacher to try out a tool before we enroll it into an entire district. Education uh, and educator, uh, educator for education is a, is a separate profession. Uh, uh, it's uh, it is a profession which a lot of people are working in the world, and uh, technology is a separate profession. A lot of experts and a lot of people are working in in that. So two different professions, and uh, you, two different professions. Uh, you are you are understanding both, and how you are being curious about two different things, two different subjects and being uh, uh, integrator for two different subjects. You have to be extremely understanding uh, before you tell to other people, right? Exactly, exactly. And that was something that I really had to, when I got into this position, I realized the value of what it looked like to really 
make sure that I set time aside to be a content area master. So for example, I'm really trying to dive into artificial intelligence and see how it is going to be, it's changing education and it is changing rapidly fast. And so, for example, I was on a call uh, with a couple of people from Microsoft that were talking about some of these, you know, updates that are going to be happening in the future. So a lot of my time is also spent on, okay, I need to understand it first, because if I don't understand it, my teachers are going to understand it. So that's some time I've really been intentional with recently is blocking time out of my day to learn about artificial intelligence. So then I'm able to help, you know, not just students, not just teachers, but even administrators, because it is something that is so rapidly changing, like somebody's got to do it. <laughs> so trying to find that time has been um, has been challenging, but it's definitely been something that I realized I needed to do. Uh, you're making tougher things uh, easier. So how much time you take in order to make this happen or make this, uh, 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 you know, uh, happen for people who requires it? That's a really great question. So it really just depends on the day and it depends on what I've got going on. So, for example, the last, I would say, like two to three weeks has really slowed down for me in the realm of coaching cycles. So a coaching cycle looks like me meeting with a teacher to lesson plan, me co-teaching the lesson plan, and then me reflecting with the teacher. How did it go? What do we need to change? And so it's kind of slowed down because we have a lot of testing going on, like standardized tests. And so a lot of that has kind of slowed down. Well, I never want to sit back and just let anything, you know, <laughs> I always have to stay busy. So I've really been diving into the world of artificial intelligence. And so more recently, I've been able to dedicate like an hour or an hour and a half, two hours just to really learn about artificial intelligence, attend webinars and just really kind of lean into learning about it because it is so quickly changing. It's like every time I get on a webinar or I get on a call, I'm like, oh, something new. <laughs> and so it's just really trying to absorb all of that information um, is pretty time consuming. So what is the age? age uh, I mean, what age group that, does students belong to? Because technology is something that, uh, you know, that they should adopt, right? Exactly. So I um, support teachers in kindergarten through eighth grade. And so I have that's so different. Right. And so I think also what's part of my role is to know when is technology coming up to enhance the learning. But then especially when I go down to kindergarten and first grade, I really have to think, OK, is this technology going to take away from the time of learning or is it going to enhance? Because a lot of times if you have six-year-olds logging into an iPad or logging into a Chromebook, is that really enhancing their education? Is it going to be worth it? Because they have to learn how to use a computer. But a lot of my job, too, is being like, kids got to learn how to use a computer, right? Like, this is how they're going to do school for a while. Um, so really kind of differentiating what that looks like in each grade level is always something and it's still something that I'm learning because my teaching background was third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. So my student taught in third. I taught fourth. I taught fifth. 
I helped, I substitute taught too, and I substitute taught kindergarten through eighth grade, but it was still one of those things, substitute teaching is different than when you're actually a teacher in the classroom. And so what the, all of that experience has really helped me to do is to realize, okay, a lot of times it's just kind of listening and seeing what the teacher needs too. So that's been something I've been working on too. So what are the greatest things that you observed in AI? Oh gosh, I would have to say that learning, that individualized learning experience for students um, and time saving that it can do for teachers. So teachers are all of the time and with extreme like fidelity, trying to fit everything into their contracted time. And teachers are amazing human beings and they simply cannot do it all. And so if I can, as a technology integration specialist, come up and say, hey, let me take something off your plate if you use AI, I have just given that teacher back time. And that time might look like them being able to be better intentional with lesson planning, or maybe that time looks like them leaving earlier and going and spending time with their family. And so that stuff to me has been, I would say, the best that I've learned from AI, that's for the teacher. Now for the perspective of the student, there is no way, and I mentioned this before, there's no way that a teacher could possibly provide an individualized learning experience for every single student. So AI does is it goes through, um, like for example, Microsoft Reading Coach, it goes through and it will have a student read aloud. It'll determine which words they miscued on, and then through Microsoft Coach, it will help them coach them through how to pronounce the word correctly and then allow them that practice time. There is no way as a classroom teacher I would be able to do that with 25 kids all at one time. So that's some of the integration that I've seen, and that's been probably the coolest. So what if artificial intelligence replaces humans' work? <laughs> that's a great question. So I... I don't know. I'm in a different camp where I don't think that artificial intelligence will replace human beings. And I maybe I don't know enough and I can lean on that. What I have learned through interacting with a lot of artificial intelligence bots or, you know, whatever chat bots or image creators or anything like that, the creativity that a human brain has and the intelligence that a human brain has is amazing. And so I am still, even though I'm utilizing all of those tools, my brain still has to come in. So my brain comes in and says, okay, here's how I can enhance that. What I'm excited about AI is if we are saying, okay, I put something into chat GPT or I ask, you know, Microsoft Bing for something or, you know, um, well, what's the, there's a Google one, Bart remember his name. So if I ask any of those a question, that just immediately takes my time in half. Now what can I do with my time? I can make that better. So I've liked that integration. So I don't know. I mean, I guess stay tuned, right? Because there is a group of very educated people that are concerned with that very thing that you said. So so creating uh, the, the technology experts intention is to uh, 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 intention for creating or uh, inventing any technology tool or service or product is to help human beings and reduce the effort, energy, time. So yeah. 
you are you are uh, you are regular user of uh, these technology tools and also you are uh, helping uh, people to use it so how much it is effective how effective these technology tools and services how much uh, uh, productivity is uh, being created with this i would say a lot of product a lot of my productivity is being enhanced with ai so for example um, right now i'm writing a course and so a lot of those questions i'm putting into chat gpt and i'm able to then go through edit that information and i would say my time seems to be cut in about a fourth so i'm still spending a lot of time with it i'm interacting with it i'm responding back and forth to it but i would say a lot of my time is then you know being taken from that which is great other places that ai has been living in our lives is like in grammar tools so i don't know about you but whenever i write something i have spelling errors i need comma placement you know any of those grammatical tools and ai is built in there to help it you know to help it make it sound better and make it sound smarter and so those things are definitely saving me a lot of time uh, what is the highest level of ai you like so are you speaking to like generative ai or are you talking about generally generally so yeah. there's quite a few different types of generative ai i would say my favorite type of generative ai would just have to be the text based so in order to provide text has been most helpful to me um to become more creative so there will be a lot of uh, ai experts who will be watching and listening to you right now so <laughs> so what uh, uh, what mistakes that you are observing in ai um i would have to say and first of all if there are experts out there you know so much more than i do so thank you for even tuning in um the biggest issue that i think i would see of um specifically speaking towards chat gpt and i'm using chat gpt 4 has been its inability to truly explain something and get deep with it so for example it does a really great job with telling you what it wants to tell you instead of diving into it it also repeats itself a lot and so that's kind of something that i've noticed instead of it saying you know it's like here's what i'm going to tell you i'm going to tell you this way and then that's what it was like and i'm like okay dive into this deeper can you you know elaborate a little bit more on it and i would say it's still but i mean i have to think about it it's still in its infancy stage so i know it's still learning with every interaction but that has been my biggest i guess pitfall it also likes to number things and bullet things and a lot of like natural language is just talking and in paragraph form and there's not a lot of like bullets or numbered numbered lists so i would have to say those would be my my biggest pitfalls that i would notice with ai thus far so you are experiencing both uh, the education without technology that uh, you you was in now you are seeing and you are into education where technology is uh, educating human beings so how do you define this difference oh that's a great question so i would have to say the biggest difference is just in the realm of productivity and enhancing enhancing where we were at and so i think that's a big component of it is really just kind of looking at it and saying okay again if i was to 
if I were in sixth grade and I had an essay that I had to write, I would put on that essay into ChatGPT and then I would work with it more in making it sound better. Because I feel like a lot of the process of writing is sometimes just like getting your ideas down. And that is so time consuming. You know, I really struggled with that, with trying to just get my ideas on paper. But once they were there, I was able to go through and edit it. And so I would be hoping that it just kind of enhances our student learning experience rather than taking it away. What I also see is there's some students with, you know, learning differences. And so maybe there's something cognitive going on in their crystallized intelligence that is just not as like their peers are. And so if they're able to use artificial intelligence to kind of level that playing field or kind of remove that barrier, um, that would be really that is going to be really cool to witness to see how can students, all students leverage AI to make sure that they have the same learning experience as their peers do. So what is the percentage of students or teachers are able to uh, use the technology and adapt to it and uh, uh, bring uh, bring out the productivity and uh, you know getting the education for students gosh i i think we're years i think we're years out from that question um and right now it's kind of like a time to be alive in the world of education because it's like let's sit back and see how this changes tech you know education and i feel like this was probably felt when the world wide web came out i bet educators were like oh what are we going to do now that kids can get on Google and ask questions that they used to go to the library with, you know, and and then what did the library do? The library adapted and started integrating different pieces of technology, you know, into it. So now I've got like a Kindle and I ask I borrow books from my library so I don't have to go into my library, but I can still, you know, utilize its resources. So it'll be interesting to see how different pieces of education really shift into this this new world so eventually uh, the education is conveying information uh, in different uh, mediums or in di- different platforms and we are yeah. today we have latest platform and advanced tools in order to send this information to the small brains yeah so how, how, yeah, how, how is it how is it do you think uh, the exact information that is there is going to the brains with the technology tools or uh, because different students will take information in different ways. Oh, that's a good point. What I think, what I was concerned with with that is that it seems like that was almost removing a teacher away. And what I think is so important is to really see how teachers can help facilitate that world right and how teachers can really kind of help those students to understand the world that they're in you know i look at some students and some families you know for example where as soon as they sit down to dinner they give their kids an ipad or their phones or you know and there's so much technology out there and that interaction with human beings is just you know kind of slowing down or taking a step back and so as somebody who is in technology and loves technology, I have a no phone at dinner policy. Um, whenever I go out and I have, I have a four and six year old and they both have iPads and they use iPads at different times. 
but they only have an amount of time that they play that iPad and it's all educational based games. And so that's kind of something that I want to ensure that we're doing as a society is just really taking a look at when are we using technology and is that really are you trying to replace that human connection or are you just trying to enhance it? Because if you're sitting around, you know, in a room with other people and everybody's on their phone, how is, you know, what are we doing there if you're both on social media, you know? So I don't know. I I definitely think that we need to think about how we're utilizing technology as a society and utilizing and teaching into it. Because my generation, you know, we were just like handed a phone and we were like, go. (laughs) And we were like, okay. I don't know how to use it. And so I think as teachers and educators are great at this, leaning into, okay, how do we do this responsibly? How do we read for a bias, right? So chatbots just really read a lot of information that's already been out there. Is that information bias? How do we teach our kids how to read for a bias? How do we teach them, is this fact How do they fact check something? So there's still a long way to go. And the most exciting part that I have about it is just knowing the power that our teachers have to come up beside our our students because they're amazing. And I know they will. So students need to know what technology is before knowing about the subject. Um, I think you can do both simultaneously, you know, um, in our fifth grade classrooms, for example, is their first one-to-one laptop experience. And me and another technology integration specialist push into classrooms and we're showing them, okay, here's your laptop. Here's how to hold it. <laughs> here's how to walk down the hall. Here's how to plug it in. You know, and I think that, you know, needs to be talked about too. What does digital citizenship look like? So it does need to be taught separately, yes. And when you're using it in the classroom, it should be taught alongside of it. Like, I'm going to teach you a writing unit. Of course, we're going to use our laptops, right? Of course, we're going to use Microsoft Word. Of course, we're going to use Spellcheck. Those are like, of course, we're going to do that. At some point, they're going to say, okay, we're going to do a writing unit. Of course, you're going to use GPT. Of course, you're going to, you know what I mean? It's just like, if a teacher hands a kid a math test, they hand them a, a calculator because that enhances their learning experience for that time. And uh, what is your observation about a human, uh, I mean, intelligence and arti- artificial intelligence uh, interaction, like constant interaction, continuous interaction? Um, I, I don't think that's healthy. <laughs> I think there needs to be a balance. I think humans can't rely on chatbots or AI to be in place of a human. I don't think that should happen. Now, if it is helping to enhance, then that's a different story. And so, I don't know. It was interesting that you say that because I just noticed that Snapchat now has a new AI bot that was added to it. And I was a little like, hmm, because our younger audiences really tune in to Snapchat. And if they're going to be relying on this chatbot, you know, talking with it, interacting with it like it's a human, are they going to, you know, because I feel like that younger generation is already really tied to their phone 
is that really going to tie them to their phone and give them the illusion of having a relationship when they don't, rather than getting off the couch and interacting with their families? So I don't know. That's a that's a cause for pause for me. And is is it is it uh, is it important that uh, 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 artificial intelligence also need to have emotions like human beings in order to understand and interact properly and be empathetic, kind, and nice? That's a good question. I think they should be kind. I think we should be very careful with how human-like we are asking robots or AI to be. And so, I don't know, I've, I've started to hear kind of rumblings about different companies not making robots look like humans, and I'm 100% behind that. I do not think that people need to interact with artificial intelligence like they're a human and worry about its feelings, they should have manners. So whenever I use ChatGPT, I'm like, can you please do this for me? That's just having good manners. But if AI, if ChatGPT came back and said, I'm feeling sad today, I'd log off. <laughs> I'd be like, that is enough for me. Like, I do not need to dig into why my artificial intelligence bot is not having a good day. So that's a fine line. Uh, one last question. Uh, what security measures or what control system does AI need to have? I think in order to, I don't think I know enough to even answer that question. So I would, I would heavily rely on people that know this better. What I do know enough about to say is that the more that we have humans being in charge of different roles that are in charge of AI, that is where it needs to happen. Like, because then you're relying on humans to still be in that control and to make sure that it is monitored. And for me in education, I see it as being our teachers and being roles like mine, where we're monitoring that use and just making sure that it's being responsible. Because like I said right now, if you go into an image generator and you ask it a question of, um, school teacher, for example, you're just like, hey, a picture of a school teacher, it'll show you a white female. And I'm, that is completely biased, you know, and that is not the demographics that we need to be talking to. So the only way that we know that is because we're human and we see that and we've learned, you know, oh, we need to diversify images that we see. And so then it's humans adding that component into AI. So I mean, as long as we have humans continually policing, um, I'm hopeful um, that we will continue to be on the right side. I think you're a very, very, very uh, uh, knowledge person in both uh, understanding humans, also how uh, this technology can be helpful to humans. Well, thank you so much. I've, I've done a lot of research, as you can, <laughs> as you can probably tell, and listening to amazing podcasts like this. So thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity to be able to contribute to such a great network of yours. So what is your observation about my work? Have you seen any videos of mine on YouTube? I have, yes. What's your observation? What do you say about it? About your content? Yeah. I would say I love how you engage with the people that you're speaking with. 
And so you're really able to kind of like ask those really deep questions that really get good thinking down. Um, and I really appreciated that because I feel like you asked the questions that I have and I'm like, yes, okay, good. He's, it's like he's in my mind with that. So I've definitely appreciated that. And uh, me, uh, I did master's in software engineering, also bachelor's in computer science and engineering. Right now I'm DevOps engineer. That is my full-time job. I'm a oh, pure... Oh, that's why you're up at midnight having this conversation with me. Oh my gosh, I hope you get a good night's rest after this. Yeah, this is one last question. Me having a technology background, having a pure technology uh, uh, education, uh, talking with different experts like you who are from different parts of the world, not only uh, uh, edge tech people, also pure technology people from Microsoft, Google, Netflix, also people from film industry, also people who are authors, writers, uh, police officers, doctors, whatnot. All industry people I interview uh, in order to have understand the communication, uh, uh, the communication system between human beings, between different parts of the world uh, on the planet. So what do you think I'm going to learn from this and how I'm going to use this knowledge in coming days? What a great question. So I would just have to say, if you, whatever background you're coming from, you're listening to this, be thinking about, okay, can I just try it? So even if you've not tried ChatGPT3 or whatever, ChatGPT4 or the new Bing chat, or you've never tried any of those different AIs, Give it a shot, try it, interact with it to see what it can do for you. Also, see where AI has already been in your life and you might be really surprised. So, you know, when you mention Netflix, you're like, okay, well, when you get done watching a show, it auto populates and say, hey, I bet recommended users would be this, this and this. So, or if you get on Amazon, I saw that you interviewed the Amazon guy and you're like, okay, well, you've bought this. Other users have bought this or recommended these. That's AI. So I think the more that you're starting to realize, oh, artificial intelligence has been in my everyday, I hope it'll just that recognition of it and then willingness to try it, I think will will help you just better enhance different productivity. Uh, it's a great feedback. I stored this, this in my system. Can I put this uh, audio and video clip on my YouTube channel, podcast, website, internet, social media, everywhere with your permission? Oh, I would be so honored. Yes, thank you. Uh, can you share your presence to my own, uh, my listeners for listening to this on my podcast? Your Absolutely. online presence. Yes. Yeah, so um, I am on Twitter, and my Twitter handle is at stevieFrank23, and that's where you can find me. I'll put the link on the description also on the screen. Also, I'll put your uh, work on my website as well, people who find uh, our video on YouTube or uh, our conversation on my website can see the work that you are doing and can learn from you and can uh, do more, uh, you know, uh, productivity things with you. Well, thank you so much. And then I'm excited to, you know, help amplify your amazing voice and podcast on my platform as well. It's an honor. Thank you very much for your valuable time. Thank you so much for your time, too. I hope you get a good night's rest before you go back to that important work tomorrow. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Bye.